welcome back to another daily walk. Well, today I want to spend a little bit of time. I was thinking about this lately because, um, of course, there's that amazing documentary called A Church of Tears, looking at some of the issues in the church growth movement. I was listening to some old sermons that I have today from uh, a pastor I respect who was uh, Chip Ingram. Of course, I think that in the last couple of years, he's moved full-fledged in that whole church growth movement, which kind of makes me sad. Um, but I have a lot of sermons of his from, you know, 15, 20 years ago uh, before the church growth thing was really much of an influential thing. Uh, it was more fringe. Now it's completely beyond normal and mainstreamed, which is very unfortunate. But one of the points that, uh, that they say in that documentary is one of the major shifts that occurs in the leadership, particularly surrounding a church and the church growth movement, is a shift from what they call a pastor to a leader. And some of these things in this Chip Ingram sermon I was listening to uh, talks a little bit about this. I think that he gets this perfect balance where he defines a pastor's, the pastor's job is to equip, is not to equip the saints, but to make sure all the saints are equipped. And the challenge that we start to encounter is uh, you get some of the churches like Elevation Church with uh, Steve Furtick and a lot of these other big churches like this. What these are starting to do is starting to say, well, the pastor has received a vision from God. And so the task now is to follow that leader and anybody not subscribing to that particular leader's view is just simply literally ostracized. It's honestly very much like a cult. And this is one of these challenges that I see in this type of uh, modern day church stuff is when we have a shift, when your leader is, or your pastor, see, even I'm doing it, which is unfortunate. Uh, when your pastor is not willing to listen to correction and rebuke from the scripture, your pastor should no longer be your pastor. All right. And I think of this because I tell the story, I told the story about, you know, six, uh, about 12, maybe 12 months or so ago, um, maybe a little bit longer, where um, I had a, a disagreement with a pastor because um, we were in a church event, in a church building with a bunch of Christians led by a supposed pastor reading a Christian book and discussing it. And that Christian book with or was Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton, which is a fairly weighty tome. And uh, I... This is this kind of stuff I do. I'm a geeky academic. I love this kind of stuff. And so I read, you know, read the book and, and I understand what's in and out of it. And we brought up this point and there's people bring up, oh, this is a really cool thing. And it sounds good. It's like you listen to Robbie Zacharias. You're like, wow, this guy sounds intellectual. And then people are like, well, what did he mean? I don't know what he meant. It just sounded so cool. We need to get off this high horse of it sounds so cool and seek to what, what it is he understands. Otherwise, they're just vain babbling. And we don't want to be vain babbling. Well, this section of the scripture was talking about a time when we move far beyond rationality and even our, even our, our postmodernism fails us. And that's what G.K. Chesterton was talking about so prophetically. And no, everyone's like, even the pastor's like, I don't know what he's talking about, all this. I said, all right, let me tell you what he's talking about. And I unfolded what the view is where people are so convinced rationality is the thing that their rationality then fails them and they start becoming effectively crazy people. And I said, this is not a lot different from this modern non-gender binary movement 
because these are people that have championed against the concept of a God. God came down male and female. God came down with this quote-unquote maleism versus femaleism, separating the sexes. The non-binary gender wants to move them all together. They want to excise God, trumpet science. The problem, the very inconvenient truth for these people is that science itself comes down and says there are two genders, male and female. And yes, I realize that, that a very, very small number of people will have some aberration in between, and that is specifically diagnosed as a very specific physical and demonstrable and scientific medical condition. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people who are absolutely male or absolutely female who have convinced themselves in their own minds against all possible rationality that they are of the opposite or some other non-exclusive gender. And that's kind of the what we were talking about. And so I said, this is really exactly what's going on. This is exactly what Chesterton's talking about. Because these are people who don't want there to believe God. These are people that are ignoring the science and doing whatever they want. A person who ignores God, ignores science, has no rationality for the viewpoint, is simply called crazy. Well, the pastor didn't like that explanation. Now, understand, I am in a church in a church building, in a church-sponsored event, reading a Christian book with a bunch of Christians being led by a pastor. And I can't talk convenient, inconvenient truths from the scripture, specifically Genesis 1, I think it's 126, 127. God made them male and female people. God made them male and female. All right. Um, the pastor did not like that. He wanted to have a talk with me afterwards. You know, the Bible, he, he said, the Bible's not all that clear about this. I said, yes, the Bible is actually very clear on all this. He was not having it. Of course, he didn't want to have it because one of the people, the one of the people on stage in the music, you know, regularly promoted and seen on stage in the church is also a gay man. Needless to say, um, yeah, I want to leave that church because of that. And so I did. And that's the reality is that the problem, why do I bring up that story? Well, I bring up that story because in these modern churches, your pastors are unapproachable. You cannot come, I cannot come and say, let's open our Bible to Genesis chapter 1 and read that God made the male and female. They are not rebukable to scripture. They are unteachable. They are unfaithful to the word of God. And when you have a person in leadership of a church. They don't want to take the shepherding role. They want to take the leadership role. They want to follow the token of where the church wants them to go. This is a problem if they're not open to correction from the scripture. Now, if they're following the scripture perfectly, that's all right, but that's not the case. So that's what a leader does. The leader has their goal in mind, and then their task is to get everybody on to following in of this. And if you don't like it, then then go. Go somewhere else. You know, as uh, Mark Driscoll said at one point in time, this bus is moving on, and, and he literally says there's a bunch of dead bodies bleeding behind our bus from people we've hit along the way. That's not what the scripture calls us to. And I'm glad that guy's excised from, from the ministry. Last I knew he was anyway. Um, and that's the type of thing we get. A, that's not the role of the pastor. The leader wants to have this established goal and come hell or high water, and more often it's hell, um, come hell or high water, they're going to do what it takes to move it along. 
they're not open to correction from scripture. They're not open to, are you, you might be wrong about this. They're not open to a discussion. They're not open to saying, the word of God says this. You seem to be doing this. Why does there seem to be this inconsistency? So what is the role of a, of a pastor? Well, um, of course it was Rick Warren. No, was it Bill Hiles? I don't know. It was either one of those two. Um, I forget which one. Um, but they said, you know, we need to get away from using this term pastor and move it towards to, to the term leader. Um, and the reason is the pastor is a guide. Okay. And by the way, this comes from, you know, the role of the teacher pastor in, you know, in the, the in the New Testament utilizes the word which translates pastor it's it's the office of the person who guides and directs the sheep it is a it is an agricultural allegory where if i had this field behind me and there were sheep all over this field behind me the role of the pastor would be to go ahead and make sure none of the sheep wander off into the woods to stay right there i'd be going around i'd have a shepherding stick and i would gently guide them back and gently guide them back into the right place. It's the same thing you go into a farm with cows. You know, cows as huge as they are, they could trample anybody. I mean, they don't know their power, but you can easily move a cow just by pushing it. They'll, they'll respond. They will not get aggressive or violent back to you. All right. The role of the pastor is that. It is to shepherd. It is to push you in the right way. It is to correct the teachings of the culture. It is to move us into the right path of the word of God, not to get us all to follow their vision for transforming the community or whatever crap and nonsense they want to talk about. It is to guide us and direct us and move us into alignment and obedience with the word of God. That's your difference between a leader and a pastor. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.